You're listening to The Pastor Pod, sharing what we're learning to help you lead well in our culture today. This podcast is hosted by pastors Josh Robinson and Jay Mudd. Their goal is to be real, transparent, and let you in on what pastors really think about stuff. All right, everybody, welcome back to The Pastor Pod, a new podcast for leaders and pastors. My name is Jay. I'm recording from right here in Metro West Boston, and I'm here with my good friend Josh, who's down in Florida. Josh, how is Florida today? I'm doing great, Jay. So glad to be back for our next episode. Uh, glad you're all joining us on the Pastor Pod. Um, Florida, we are enjoying uh, what I call a uh, second summer season. It's Ooh, the nice. season after summer. But uh, man, we've had a great weekend. Me and my wife, Cassidy, went with uh, two great friends, Alan and Cheryl, to the Tampa Bay Bucks game. Ooh. So that was an awesome day. Uh, we prefer to call them the Tampa Bay Bucks ah. or Champa Bay. Ooh. But man, it was awesome. It was a big win against the Falcons. The game was a little tight there in the third quarter, but they pulled it out and ran off, ran away with it at the end of the fourth quarter. So it's lots of fun, man. It's so exciting to be there as we watch Tom Brady enter his retirement years. Apparently, he's reported that he's going to hopefully be in a Super Bowl at the age of 50. Ooh. So I'm here for it all, man. I'm here to see this whole journey, you know, <laughs> as he gets older. <laughs> and so thank you to all of you Bostonians for sharing Tom Brady with, with Tampa Bay, going from a really sad team to a packed stadium of very smug fans, I will say. They were very comfortable. They just seemed like they could never lose again. So, so, That's the confidence so. you get. That's the confidence you get with Tom it Brady is. and your team. It is. That, that really is. That's, that's yeah. we, I There was a that guy behind years. me that I think had been drinking a, a certain type of fluid for a few hours that mm. caused him to say things he shouldn't say. Mm. And so whenever a, an incomplete pass would, you know, would happen on the field, he would say this, <laughs> good throw, Tom. And we are, everyone looked at him like, how dare you? I mean, how dare you speak to the goat like that? But anyway, we had a great time. We, we laughed a lot, enjoyed the day. And we're gearing up for beach baptism this Sunday here in uh, Venice, Florida. We've got a great group of people that are taking that step. And one of those people is my awesome daughter, Hannah, who's mm. seven years old and trusted Christ earlier in the year. And we have just been celebrating leading up to this and she is super excited she has a brand new bible she's been reading and talking about what it means to follow jesus and so i'm going to be a blubbering mess out in the gulf of mexico sunday afternoon about 5 30 so uh but man one of the greatest privileges of being a part of what jesus wants to do is to see people's lives changed and so i'm pumped for that thankful to be a part of that uh but yeah we're here today and uh looking forward to hearing a little bit more of jay's story I i've heard this I've heard some of the story. I haven't heard the full, the full story, but I definitely want you as a, as a listener to hear what God is, has been doing and has done in Jay's life. And, you know, I've been a part of church planning. Jay, you've been walking in that and with your family here for a while. Um, I was a part of a church plant in Jacksonville, Florida, and I'm, I'm a part of a portable church now. But church planning is the faith endeavor. If, if you are listening today, you've been a part of a setup or teardown team, or you have been a part of any part of church planning, you know that it is an incredible faith walk, right? Where you get to see God show up and do incredible things. But it was, it, it, it is and has been the hardest thing that I've ever done or been a part of. And so 
I'm excited to hear what God has been teaching you, Jay. And I hope that everyone listening today, that you'll be encouraged uh, to hear a little bit of, of Jay's story. So, so Jay, what, what was it that originally sparked your attention, your desire to, to plant? Yeah, that's a, that's a fantastic question because on really all of clowns, you know, I was in central Florida, um, I guess a couple hours from where you are now. And I was at a really, really good church. I was serving alongside some really good people. My wife and I, Holly, we were really, really happy there. I was serving as a discipleship pastor and college pastor. And so I had really lots of opportunities to do lots of different things. Uh, the pastor I served under was a fantastic leader who, uh, man, he, he really gave me freedom to do uh, really whatever I wanted to within reason, of course, you know, I, I don't want him to listen to this and be like, I didn't really give you anything you wanted to do, but like there was freedom there and it was really a right. good time. We, uh, we, we, I mean, as a discipleship pastor, I got to help put uh, small groups in a place where they were going to plant a new campus. And that campus now is alive and thriving. And I had a small part to play in that. I'm not taking credit for that at all. As a college uh, pastor, man, I saw God do some uh, really, really remarkable things, right? Um, saw a college group birth really from a handful of people to um, 100 plus college students. And that's not a brag by any means. That's just more along the lines awesome of like, today. I just watched it before my very eyes, right? So my yeah. family was happy. We had lots of friends. Kids were thriving in school. I owned a really nice piece of property. I mean, not going to lie. I had a acre of land and it was like 20 acres behind me that was undeveloped. Nice big old house. Uh, I was comfortable. Uh, I really, really was comfortable, but I think uh, somewhere along the lines about year five of serving in that church, I began to become a little, um, I'm going to say uneasy. Um, something was unsettled. Like I knew like uh, everything was great, but I knew something was off and I, I didn't realize what God was going to do. And if you asked me then when I started feeling unsettled, I was like, I never thought church planting. Right. So um, mm -hmm. as I mentioned, I was leading a college uh, ministry, right? A college group. And this college group was very, um, really, it still is to this day. It's one of those pivotal moments in my story where I look back and see how God used that college to really to birth in me a desire uh, mm. to do something. And so I watched this college student ministry kind of grow. And then all of a sudden I started to notice college students were driving like 40 minutes to come hang out. Um, I had kids from Orlando going to Leesburg and you would know that 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 mm -hmm. you know um if, if not google it right google maps would do a good job of telling you how long it would take somebody to get there but it's about 40 minutes and i start, started thinking why are these college students driving 40 minutes i wonder if we should do something closer to them so i started reaching out to some churches and saying hey uh let's partner together i've got this model that i've been using for college students um, again nothing new under the sun but um i have already some college students that are coming 40 minutes. What if we did something closer by and use them as kind of a way launching point. And as I'm sitting outside of a church in Orlando, I began to thinking about, you know, thinking about these college reproducing college ministry. I thought to myself, wait a minute, what am I doing? What am I doing? What I'm doing is actually church planting. That's what I'm thinking about. That's what I should be doing. And, and so as I'm talking to these churches, God began to really prompt me, maybe you should plant churches not mm -hmm. just focus on college students, which is, you know, definitely a need, but maybe should be planting churches. So that began the journey of navigating what it looked like to church plant. And, and really mm -hmm. for, for Holly and I, as we look back now, 
um, a great lesson we learned in this early season of, you know, church planning was like, don't get so comfortable that God can't interrupt your plans. Right. Because mm -hmm. that was what it was. It was an interruption. We were set. We were going to retire. We, we talked about like, Hey, this is good. We don't have to worry about moving ever again. We don't have to worry <laughs> about doing anything. We were comfortable by mm -hmm. all, uh, all standards. And so uh, that really is what started the church planning. It, it was birthed out of something I was already doing and God used that to kind of mm -hmm. really pull me in and um, draw my attention to church planning. I mean, I love that statement. Don't get so comfortable that God can't interrupt your plans, right? And I've always right. thought it's funny when we tell God our plans, like <laughs> it's already in stone, like this is how it's going to be. And right. I think God, God's laughed at me many times and said, that's a great one, but I've got even something even more exciting and adventurous, and it's going to take a lot of faith. And, and I think that's it's not about you. Sometimes <laughs> so, we miss out. I think sometimes we miss out yeah. because we get so stubborn. Yeah in our yeah. agenda. Right. And so I'm grateful. Yeah. I'm grateful that I wasn't stubborn and, you know, yeah. kind of really open this up. And it's a process, right? It's a process to go from, Hey, this is where we're going to be. This is the, this is the 10, you know, everybody asks, what's your five-year plan? What's your 10-year plan? Of course, I, I'm all, I, I love to plan, but we should always plan with open hands saying, God, change whatever you want to mm. change. But see, you went from central Florida and God put something on your heart that most and let's be real. You're in rural Florida. You're not like in the big city of Orlando. You're not like in the, you know, you're not in, in these pockets that maybe there's some comparison to a, a bigger city. God put something on your heart that when you first told me years ago, I was like, man, that sounds hard. That sounds crazy. Of course, you know, God meets us in those, those dreams of, of stepping out in faith. And so, what what prompted you to to even think about going from Central Florida to Boston, Massachusetts, right? Well, I tell people all the time, uh, God really engineered every one of those steps to Boston. And I still remember that time of us hanging out. I want to say it was like a Chili's or something like that. We were talking. Why and is it always Chili's? I don't know. Great we, things happen in start. Chili's. <laughs> the chips and salsa. That's what, what it, it was. It's what not did, free anymore, though. What, did, what was in the office? I feel God in this Chili's right yeah. <laughs> All right. Listen, oh, yeah. when they took away the free salt chips and salsa, I kind of said, you know what? I need to rethink my priorities. That yeah, was really we're sitting in Chili's. <laughs> You're talking so, about we've gone off. We've I gone remember off. that. We were we were in the villages in Florida. The that villages, Florida. It's the retirement capital of the universe, I think. Right. You were in Ocala, my home, my yep. grow up, my graduated high school. You were in Ocala and I was in Leesburg. That was a good middle yep. ground. But yeah. anyhow, God really did. He engineered our uh, every step of the way to, uh, to Boston because Boston, truthfully, was never on our radar. When I started navigating this church planting journey, I reached out to some friends that were, um, I guess, uh, further along. They had been a part of church planting. One of them was a mentor of mine from Ocala when I was a youth in Ocala because I grew up in Ocala. His name um, was Kevin. And uh, Kevin had recently moved from Ocala. He kind of I watched his story unfold on Facebook because everybody watches everybody's life unfold on Facebook, or at least the good parts we want to post about. And so he sold all of his house, you know, his house, his property, and he moved to Toronto, Canada. So I called him up. and I was like, hey, talk to me. This is what I feel like God's doing. Uh, how, how does this work? And so he's like, Jay, you should just come join me in Canada like any good friend would say, right? You should just come join me in Canada. So I was like, Holly, what do you think? We should we should jump up and, you know, go check out Canada. And so we did. Um, we jumped mm -hmm. on a plane 
we flew to Canada. We met some great leaders in Canada um, and hung out there. And we were like, okay, got an idea of what church planning was like. And we thought, well, maybe we should just do the Canada thing. It's, it's maybe it's natural what we're supposed to be doing, following one of my mentors. And so we talked to uh, one of the leaders there named Andrew. And we're like, hey, we, we, we're really thinking about we should do this. He said, well, go home, pray about it, things like that. And uh, I guess they prayed about it longer than, uh, quicker than we did, because by the time we got off the plane, they called us and they said, hey, Jay, we really enjoyed our time with you and Holly. We really would like someone like you in Nova Scotia. <laughs> so oh. there's a little bit difference. I don't know. When I say Nova Scotia, I feel I just my bones start hurting from like feeling of cold, like Toronto's one thing, but Nova Scotia feels like it's even more. It sounds awesome. It sounds like awesome. an adventure, <laughs> I guess. like pirates. That's not cold. what my, that's not what my bride thought. But that just shows you what I, what I do not know about right. Nova Scotia. But it's probably on a show. Yeah. No. <laughs> on show. Uh, so here's what happened is, is we were like, all right, well maybe we should just rethink that. We'll go figure out Nova Scotia. So, we buy some tickets for a plane trip for a trip to Nova Scotia and plan a trip to Nova Scotia. We're like, we got to go check it out. We can't just blindly say, yeah, we'll go to Nova Scotia. We'd only been to Toronto one time, much less Nova Scotia. We were praying about going to Toronto, now Nova Scotia. So we buy our tickets. Now, here's where things get really interesting because uh, the whole time we're in this process, we were in the uh, process of church planning. We were in the process of also adopting our oldest son, Louis. And, um, Here's what I love. Many people may not know this, but Holly and I got really involved in foster care um, early on in our in our ministry in Leesburg. And one of the first kids we got when we were as a 16 year old baby was a child, not baby necessarily, but 16 year old child was uh, Louie. And he's been in our home ever since he was 16 years, 16 months old. And um, we we were in the process of trying to adopt him. Uh, we had gone from foster parents to permanent legal guardians, uh, which, you know, I'll let you guys can figure out if you don't know what that means, but it's basically, we were a guardian of him. We weren't legally adopted, mm -hmm. um, but you know, we were, it was more of a permanent status. And we were like, we, we want to go forward with adoption, but the state of Florida, um, I love the state of Florida, but they were really made that difficult. And they had decided they were not going to let us adopt Louie, which then threw a wrench into the whole process, because um, you may not be aware of this, but you cannot leave the country with a child that is not mm -hmm. yours. Mm -hmm. um, he was still, you know, definitely a dependent of the state of Florida. And so um, I began to really question, God, what are you, what are you doing? Right? Yeah. I, we feel like we're called the church plant, but it seems like, you know, all these doors that were, were coming open, now you're closing. So that must mean we're not supposed to do this, right? Um, and here's the thing, this, I, I, I think this has become more as the more I'm in church planning, the more I'm in ministry, I realize this aspect of, I think many of us look at this, we've heard this philosophy of open door and closed door so much. That's how we view things. We're like, Hey, well, if the door is closing, it must mean that I'm not supposed to do that. Um, but really we stop, we just stop pursuing what we believe God may have been telling us to do. The truth of the matter is I think sometimes God is asking us to do something and he's just seeing if we're willing to turn the knob and open the door. Mm. And so I, we just kept pursuing. We're like, all right, what does this mean? Uh, what does this mean? And so I called back up my mentor in Toronto and I said, Hey, we can't do any of this. Uh, you know, we can't leave the country. And he said, mm -hmm. Hey, call my friend, uh, Curtis who lives in Boston. And I was like, okay, why Boston? He goes, well, Boston and Toronto, there's some similar characteristics there. And maybe this is what God is doing. 
And long story short, a month later, uh, we exchanged those tickets for Nova Scotia for tickets for Boston. And <laughs> Holly and I and my oldest daughter, Michaela, came up and here we are. Uh, you know, that's where God led us. And it was it was just interesting to see how God, you know, in a roundabout mm -hmm. way through Canada took us mm -hmm. to where we are today. <laughs> Now this this kind of decision, right, is not something you do alone, right? And any any church planner, any of the church planners that I've had a chance to pour into, uh, the the big question is, what does your wife think, right? Because if you're you're both not called, uh, then really we encourage you, you're not called. You know, right. you got to be a team on this. So, how did your family handle transitioning from from where you were to, to Boston? Yeah, that was, uh, that was good. I will say definitely, I, I was more open to all of this before Holly. If we go back to when church planning started, Holly was a really uneasy, right? So there's so many, and you know this from church, there's so many unknowns mm -hmm. with church planning, specifically moving to an area where you know, you know, you don't have any connections, you don't know anybody. And so there's so many unknowns that it makes it it's uncomfortable. Not to mention when we first got married and Holly knew ministry was what we're going to do. She told me, she said, Jay, I'll go anywhere you want to go as long as it doesn't snow. And so, you know, it's another thing before we hit record, we were talking about like, sometimes we try to tell God our plans. Yeah. She did not want to live anywhere where it snowed. And so Canada was a, Canada was a shock. And then I said, Nova Scotia. And the first thing went through her mind was what more snow. And then I said, Boston, and she goes really with the snow. Um, so yeah, it was, it was this really weird thing, but, um, and, and again, I, I don't want to paint a horrible picture of how she's been amazing through the whole process, right? She's taken mm -hmm. it with stride and yeah. really God really had to work in her heart as, uh, as well. And I think as, as a married couple, I think it's really important that we understand this concept that when God's going to call you to do something, he's really going to call you both. That's right. Uh, the two are don't, you can't go separate directions. Right. And mm -hmm. so, in some ways I was waiting and going, God, if you're going to do this, you really have to call both of us. Mm -hmm. And so it was a, it, it was, it was a process and I don't want to, again, paint the wrong picture. She's been amazing through this really unreal through this whole season. She's been super flexible because the stories of the things that we endured, um, it would take somebody with extreme flexibility to, to, to do it. I couldn't really, I really can't, I can't ask for a better partner uh, in mm -hmm. ministry. Uh, I, I remember one of the things we struggle with most um, you know, was the aspect of, you know, moving to a new place without a mm -hmm. fixed type of income, starting things from scratch. Right. Um, that, that, that was probably the, the most, you know, challenging, difficult thing for us to overcome as a, a family. Right. I thought to myself, this is really going to be, I mean, as a dad and a husband, I was like, this is going to be a defining moment for our family. Mm -hmm. I could literally set us up to where our kids are going to go. Remember that time, dad, you moved us and we lost everything. I can just imagine my old, my oldest teenage, that was my oldest teenage daughter voice, by the way, but I can imagine her telling me, uh, can you, can you remember that? Right. Um, and, and again, we sat down at Chili's in the villages and you were, I, you didn't say it. You were very encouraging friend. Thank you for that. But your face told me you are nuts, bro. You're I was crazy. scared for you because like, I, of course that was just, I was thinking about what would I do? And I, you had definitely done your research. You weren't just blindly saying, we're going to move and just load up a truck. It, you had really prayed and you, but you were stepping out and that that's going to bring challenges, right? You, you mentioned, you know, moving to a place, you don't know anybody, you're starting from scratch, but you're also thinking through 
your kids, your kids' education, and and you're thinking about moving your family from all the relationships that they know and they have. And so, what were some of the biggest challenges? I know you mentioned a couple, but I mean, you're thinking financial. You're thinking, are we gonna are we gonna fit there? Is it gonna be a, a, a culture that we are gonna be able to to pour into coming from where we are? There's all those things that, of course, all the books kind of have these checklists that you've got to check these boxes for for optimal excellence, you know what I mean? But what I, what I found, and I think I'm learning, is that when you have a passion and a grit to serve Jesus with your whole heart, just watch out and see what God does. And I mm. think that's what God has done and is doing in your life. And that's right. what I saw at Chili's that day. I well, saw a guy I'm... that was on fire for the Lord and, and genuinely wanting to do something to make a difference in the lostness in a city where so many people are, 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 are needing not only salvation, but they need uh, really the gospel to teach them how to live differently. So, um, yeah. So again, like I'm sitting there and in all, all accounts, we're terrified, right? We're like, what is going mm-hmm. to happen? What, what does all this mean? Like we, we have no clue where it's all going to come from and, and crazy things like that. And so I remember calling a friend of mine named Michael and um, I said, Hey, this is what's happening. And this is my fears. Right. And he asked me probably one of the most challenging questions I've and it's not even like mind blowing, but it was a challenging question. The moment he said, Jay, what is the worst that can happen? Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, well, we can go bankrupt. I'd have to move in with my in-laws. I mean, I don't know why it went in that order of like money. And then I have to move in with my in-laws. I love my in-laws shout out to my in-laws. I love them to death. But like, <laughs> that was really where my mind went. It was like, that's, that's the worst that can happen. We go bankrupt. I have to move in with my in-laws and you know, everything would go crazy. And but then after I told him that, he simply replied and said, is that really the end of the world? And I thought to myself, mm. I guess it's not really that bad. Mm-hmm. And, and honestly, when it comes down to it, I mean, I think we're fearful of the unknown more than we are of actually what could happen, right? We're fearful oh, wow. of the unknown. And it was really the unknown that I was fearful of. It wasn't like if I really thought about what's the worst that could happen if I stepped out on faith right now, I'd lose some money and maybe have to, you know, live in my apartment, my, my, my in-laws bedroom, you know, spare bedroom for a couple weeks till I figured it out. Uh, but it really wasn't that crazy. So it really was one of those defining moments for my family. And in some ways, because it's like, Hey, will I lead my family to follow God in obedience or will I lead my family to choose comfort over calling. Right. Mm-hmm. And so what, what, how am I going to lead my family here? That's really what it came down to. And so these challenges were there. They were real. And honestly, we could do a whole nother episode when it comes to challenges, right? And ministry yep. in mm-hmm. general. But finances were there. We, we had to figure out how we were going to make things meet because I didn't have any real big partners. Partnerships is huge in church planning, if you didn't know that. Yep. Um, and so churches, you know, usually come alongside church plants. And we were leaving. We didn't know where we were going to live. We didn't know how we were going to earn our money. We didn't have any partnerships. We didn't have anything. And I remember sitting in my backyard uh, right before we were going to move. We were on a swing set. Um, I remember it like it was yesterday. A couple of my friends were there to say goodbye for one last time. My phone rang. It was a friend of mine who owns a construction company. He's like, hey, Jay, um, how are your partnerships going? I was like, man, they're not going well. He goes, well, we're going to come in and we're going to partner with you. And I won't tell you how much he was, said he was going to partner. That's, you know, that's, not, that's, that's actually not important. And I remember going, man, that's awesome. That would be great partnership per month and he goes wait a minute no 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 no, that's not per month that's per week and i remember the tears started flowing and in a moment of week i was like oh my god you're really gonna take because it was it was enough to go oh wow 
that's that's remarkable that somebody would come in mm -hmm. and listen i want to say this again because if you're in the in the church world this is a construction company this mm -hmm. is not a church he was mm -hmm. a part of a local church but this is a construction company and so he was gonna weekly give me a donation above and beyond what he would give to his uh his local mm -hmm. church and, and this was huge this was huge. And, and here's the thing. Many times it's, it's not that God is not working. We're just looking in the wrong places, right? I was waiting mm -hmm. for this big church to come in and say, hey, we're going to help fund this for you. And it was, it started being a construction company. And then it was a family in Texas um, that still partners with us today. We don't, we've never met them. We've never met mm -hmm. this family in Texas. Um, that construction company is not only partnered with us, but they've increased every, every month. Mm -hmm. Right. And so it, it's, it's, it really is a, a big, big deal. And, and I think that's a challenge for all of us. And even my own family, we've started thinking like, you know, really as a Christ follower, the question I should be asking is how do I leverage everything I have to advance the kingdom? Right. Mm -hmm. And that's what it was. These are Christ followers. These are just Christian men and women who are saying, look, we're going to leverage this and we're going to adopt a church planter. It was mm -hmm. huge. And, and really, I think when we took that step and we started saying, Hey, look, you know, all these challenges are coming our way. Um, mm -hmm. but I can be honest over the years, the challenges are there, but we've literally seen what Paul says in Ephesians three twenty. right? He has done immeasurably more than I mm -hmm. could ever think, or, I mean, imagine when it comes yeah. to what I thought it was going to be like to church plant. Wow. And that's good stuff. I'm learning a lot today from you, man. I, and I'm excited to see what God's going to continue to do through your life and that you're the real deal that you're you're authentic, you're real, and God's using that. And what, what are some of the big lessons you've learned as a leader that you would say you would pass on to, to me and whoever else is listening in? Yeah, I, I think I can sum this up. And I'm going to, I have tons of, but I think there's one that I, I, I often share with people, right? And uh, trying to be really uh, transparent. And I'm going to be transparent here. I think one of the things, one of the lessons I learned about myself was uh, on all accounts, I, um, I'm kind of ashamed of the pastor I was before moving and church planting. And, and I mean that in, 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 in just in the capacity, like I, I, I believe God did some remarkable things in my ministry in Florida. Uh, I, I've, you know, I still go back to those days and go, man, God did some cool stuff, but I was, I was like a professional pastor. That's what I was. That's what I, 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 I kind of felt like I clocked in. I, I worked in an office, um, I pointed people to the, the church and I say that as in like, I go to the church and get help. Um, I, I can't tell you, I know my, I knew my neighbor's names. Um, Josh, I, 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 like when I say ashamed of that, I'm like, I, I should have known, I should have done that. Right. I should have, hmm. I should have known that. I don't, I don't know if I took the great commission seriously. Um, when, it, when, when, when it says, you know, we're going to make disciples as I'm going mm -hmm. in life, I'm going mm -hmm. to make disciples. Uh, and, and here's the truth of the matter. As a pastor, I was modeling for others um, the same thing uh, of how they're mm -hmm. supposed to live. I was, they, I found them. They were just pointing them to the church. They were just, you know, I couldn't tell you they were discipling you. They weren't meeting anybody for coffee to talk about spiritual life or, you know, faith or anything like that. And, and I've confessed this to God. And, and, and I know for a fact um, uh, I could never pastor that way uh, again. Um, I, I, mm -hmm. I honestly believe I, I say this with the greatest amount of love. I believe um, we all need to, as pastors and leaders, take an honest look in the mirror and ask ourselves some, you know, hard questions from time to time. You know, do we get comfortable in the routine of our job to where maybe we go in and we sit at a desk and we do our sermon prep and we prepare mm -hmm. for the weekend and all those things are important. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But if we don't know our neighbor's name, 
yep. if we're not if we're not hanging out with people and rubbing shoulders with people in our community, if we don't, I couldn't even tell you if I knew someone who was not a Christian when I lived mm-hmm. in Florida. I've got I created this bubble where I lived in it. I don't know. I, I just I, as a leader, I realized how easily it is to fall in the trap of being a professional Christian mm-hmm. um, who has who who just does these things because that's what we do. We check some boxes, right? Um, we just go to church and point others to do that rather than investing in people. Um, and mm-hmm. I, I would just be honest, I, I've come to this realization, you know, recently that, you know, if we're not serious about making disciples, every single person listening, whether you're a pastor or a leader, or you work at a construction company, like my friend, if we're not yeah. passionate mm-hmm. about making disciples, mm-hmm. then there's, there, you know, they're, they're actively making disciples, then there's, there's probably something fundamentally wrong with what our understanding is of what it means to be a disciple. And, and I, I really mm-hmm. do think there's something there. Like we really need to, to really look in the mirror and say, Hey, you know, who am I investing in right now? Mm-hmm. Who, who, who can I say I'm pouring into who I'm really spending mm-hmm. some time with. And so honestly, as a leader, I think that is the biggest lesson I've learned of like, you know, really it's this aspect of what God has called me to do, not as a pastor, not as a church planner, yeah. All those things become secondary to what my calling is as a Christ follower. Go and make disciples. That's what Jesus said of all nations, right? And so mm-hmm. teaching them. I, that's what I should be about doing. That's what everybody's call is as a disciple, as a Christ follower. And I think that's really what it comes down to. And I think pastors sometimes, leaders mm-hmm. sometimes, we can we can get too caught up in the organization and the mm-hmm. bigger picture. We miss those details that we're called mm-hmm. to do. And so I think that's the biggest aspect I learned from myself is really God kind of unleashed the real mm. person he had created me to be. And, mm. um, man, I'm, I'm grateful he did. I'm so grateful he did. And I'm a different person than I was uh, six years ago uh, when I left Florida and pulled away from that house. And my life has forever been changed. So grateful for it. So grateful. For man, it. What, what an incredible just testimony of what God's doing in your life. And I appreciate your humility and transparency, you know, because not a lot of pastors would say what you just said, you know, and to say, Hey, this is where I struggle. And right. there's been times in my life where God has just had just over and over a gut check. Josh, do you care about your neighbor? Do you care about that person? Or are you just trying to get to a meeting? Are you trying to go to another, whatever it is that, that ultimately it does matter, but whoever's in front of me matters right. every moment of every day. That's right. And so I, I, I've got a few different principles we jotted down today that really you hit on well. And I want to kind of just reiterate some big takeaways for us. And the first one was don't get so comfortable that God can't interrupt your plans. Mm, that's good. And I love what you said that you are comfortable and, and comfort is a God given gift, you know, through the Holy Spirit of God, he comforts us in our brokenness. He comforts us in our, 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 our need and, but, but comfort from, from serving God actively with our gifts and our heart is unhealthy, where we become so content in a worldly way that we lose our focus on living and pressing forward and, and facing, you know, facing being uncomfortable, having those conversations, investing in people, inviting people to church and into our life. Not Ooh. just, hey, go to church, but hey, come, let's have lunch after church. And then you share your faith with them, right? It's, it's taking that next step. And, uh, and so I love that you really talked about how you were comfortable. You had a lot of things going for you, but there was just an uneasiness, right? 
the Holy Spirit was prompting you, preparing right. you for what's next. Uh, I love that you said there's going to be challenges whenever you step out in faith, whatever, whatever is in, in your future. And it, and I love that you kind of hit on that well, well used phrase. Well, is God opening the door or is closing God the closing the door? Right. Haven't we all said that? Right. We've all said, well, is the door cracked open? Is right. it, can you open it or does someone, I mean, and you can go to, just in circles, right? About right. how do I know God's really calling me or is God telling me no? Is God telling me yes? And I, and I believe God does bring clarity, but so many times God's inviting us to take one more step to trust right. him and he will show us when it's time. Right. It takes a little but bit. But then more, guess what? Like, yeah. Yeah. But once he shows you, it's still going to be a what? A step of faith. That's right. We right. want the 10 year plan and that's then we right. want to see if we'll sign off on it. And that's just not how it works. <laughs> not many leaders get a 10 year plan, right? We don't even see that in script. Mm -hmm. Like there's no script. No. You got leaders yeah. like Abraham were like, just go. And he's like, where am I going? Yeah. Take him to the land that I will show you. Well, where is it? Just follow me. <laughs> right. And then we see that theme throughout scripture of just follow me. And it's right. the same with Jesus. Follow me. And I, what, what was his first invitation to, the disciples follow me and I will make you become fishers of men. Yeah. And so the purpose of being a disciple, like you said, is being about the mission, the great commission in right. a great commandment way, right. you know, leading people to Christ while loving people like Christ. And I love that you've modeled that God has done incredible things through your church and through uh, what he's doing in that area. And, and truly one of the prayers that I've prayed, I know you, you would echo this is God, would you do something so incredible that it would only make sense that you're in it. That's right. Because humanly speaking, this is a God thing. This is a God movement. And we see that happen when faithful people are willing to say, God, I'm in, I'm going to surrender it and I'm going to step into it. Um, and then you also said, it's not that God is not working. We're often just looking in the wrong places That's good. and, <laughs> and joining him where he's working. Right. And right. even in the circumstances of moving and transitioning and leading, whether it's leading in your church or leading in your family saying, God, I'm, I'm not seeing your hand in all this, but you know that God is working in it and he's working in us when things aren't going the way that we hoped or way, way that we want. Right. Um, so I know I've learned that a lot this last year and a half, along with probably everyone else. That's right. We... <laughs> <laughs> and then what you just said a minute ago, your transparent moment, man, we can't effectively lead someone to do something that we have never done. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, that sting. I don't know if I said me. that. I think you said that, but I don't know if I well, said that. Well, I mean, you said it basically, you yeah, were quote unquote wow. professional. You had your, you know, eight right. to five, you had the checklist and, and it's not wrong to work during the day at those times, no, but no. ultimately um, if our ministry becomes something, whether it's your ministry at a church or like you said, a ministry at a construction job, God mm -hmm. has called all of us to be leaders for him. If Good. it just becomes apathy and just routine and there's no grit and passion to see that next person come to Christ, then I know for me, I need to go back to my time of prayer, back to the word, mm -hmm. back to my journal to remind me of who I am in Christ, to remind me what I should be about. You know what I mean? That's right. That's good. That's good. And uh, so, man, Josh, thank you so much for letting me share my story today. Um, you know, it's a, it's a fun story to tell uh, because it really is just written – God's hands all over it, right? It's not yep. something I could have made up. Uh, don't think in a million years I would have dreamt I'd be doing what I'm doing now. Um, and we can go on all day about the different things that we've learned along the way, the challenges. I mean, there's so much more. 
Uh, but this is just a little glimpse of into my world of where I've been and what I've been doing. And uh, we want to thank everybody for joining us today and spending some time with us again on the Pastor Pod. Um, and and listen, if if you if you have questions, uh, you know, and curious, uh, you know, you have stories you want to share, we'd love to hear them. Uh, love getting some uh, you know insight from others that are listening. I'm looking forward to in the future having some pastors on and hearing some wisdom from them and being a learner um, along the way and continue to being a learner. And so, um, listen, uh, I want to encourage you to make sure that you are, uh, you know, checking it out every, uh, you know, every week we're putting up new content and um, continue to join us. And uh, we look forward to seeing you next time. Right, Josh? It's going to be fun. Yeah. Subscribe, share, like it. You know, if it's been helpful for you, we'd love for you to share it with somebody else. And like I said, Jay, thanks, man, for sharing today. It's awesome to hear your story and what God's going to continue to do. Uh, But yeah, send us your questions. Our email address is thepastorpod at gmail.com. You can shoot us a quick email. Say, hey, can you guys talk about this? Or, hey, I've got a question about that. We'd love to answer that on on the pod. 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 So yeah, we will... uh, We're keeping it going. We'll see you next time.